Now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. On today's show, India Willoughby. Uh, Loose Women, Big Brother and TV newsreader. We talk to this trans activist. DBT, that's Dialectical Behavioural Therapy. Not sure of what it is. Well, we'll be speaking to Charlotte Harding, a trainee clinical psychologist about it. He's Andy Shilton, as if you didn't know, and I'm Steph Barnett. And for the next hour, this is Shout Out. Voting for the Shout Out Listeners Awards for 2023 is now closed. To find out who your winners are, join us live from the Old Market Assembly in Bristol on Thursday the 23rd from 8pm. We're live on air, but you can also join us live at the venue. To grab a free ticket, go to shoutoutradio.lgbt forward slash awards. Oh, no one? No, and Lara would be so disappointed. Well, it is pr- her preserve. <laughs> <laughs> She's got copy of... Yes. Yeah. So. Do you want to do pinky, or, then? Or should that be trademarked? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, normally uh, someone goes to dum-dum when we do that. I've yeah. so missed abusing you. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. I hope you had a nice holiday. Oh, it's beautiful. So. Yeah. Sun and beach and humidity. Yeah. How'd you go there and not get a tan? Sorry, I... <laughs> I stare at the sun. I don't like sunbathing. Sleeps in a coffin as well. I was uh, going to say, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the wow. witch is burning. <laughs> I've been fired. I did not see that coming from that side of the studio. I am shooketh. Oh, but, uh, sorry. Did, did you bring us back any rum cake? Any rum cake? No, yes. but I brought back rum. Oh, that's, that's what counts because before I left where's all the Rome gone it's all in Barbados man gay so, now, and before we proceed um, you wanted to donate this show, yeah the show de- is, sorry dedicate this show to yeah to a more serious and very very upsetting uh, to most people on the planet is the death of Brianna Gay and this show is dedicated to her and our thoughts go out to the family yeah and very very tragic so I don't know. Do, I haven't caught up on the latest news. Is, is it because she was trans? Um, well, the police they said initially s- not. Police um, are actively pursuing inquiries right. to yeah, that end. Yeah. But they've we said it could that. be, and they've gone to court now. The two fifteen-year-olds. Yeah, indeed. Oh. And in some ways, it's irrelevant, isn't it? Because the the diet of transphobia in the media mm. was, as some people attending vigils have said. This was bound to happen. Yep. Almost. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's yeah. so and tragic. Now you've got JK so Rowling who's backtracking awfully saying, fast. Saying she didn't intend to offend anyone with yeah. her outspoken view, she said on a podcast which oh, is due really? to be released this week. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I don't know where all the hatred's been then. Mm. She must have just imagined it or dreamt it. They're earning a bunch of turfs. It's, <laughs> it's, had a, it's had a real impact on the community. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, 
We, well, we were interviewed by BBC Points West, weren't we? Because statistically, hate crime is on the increase amongst against LGBT plus people, and indeed against other groups as well. Yeah. Anti-Semitism against yeah. Jewish people, yeah. anti-Gypsy, you know, yeah. racism, yeah. And, so. and there's just no need for it. Really, really oh, is no need for it. You know, live and let live. Yeah. Well, so. we were okay until things started happening. I think Trump was was quite, that was uh, quite a big, big, quite a big thing yeah. for the right, and then the world's tended to shift to the right. Look yeah. at Israel at the moment. They've well, it's also fascist. It's also quite one. You know, in times of austerity and the like as well, it, mm. it tends to go out quite a wrong Terry. It does have an effect, doesn't it? It, it can have an effect both ways. I mean, uh, politics can go sort of more extreme on both left and right of the spectrum. But you know, but people tend to lash out and blame others yeah. for you know I mean at the moment with certain newspapers you know your car doesn't start in the morning oh it's a trans woman that did it I mean this is the <laughs> level of stupidity it's gotten yeah. to yeah. Uh, for that it, 0.1% of the population <laughs> well, we've, got, we've got miraculous powers <laughs> yeah. do you not know oh, you're taking them from us gays you know we, we, were, all, we were all the weather uh, we, we were oh, able yes. to do droughts and storms, storms and, 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 and all sorts so, yeah apparently yeah. <laughs> can I just can I just give some numbers then thanks to India Willoughby for this on on Twitter. Um, 154, the average number of articles published every month by UK media. That's excluding the LGBTQ plus media on trans topics over the last seven years. That's crazy. 501, number of articles published in UK news media on trans topics yeah. in May 2022. That's 16 articles a day. Mm, yes. I mean, yeah, it's point, we're 0.02% of the population. Yeah. Well... Um, one thing that is good is next week, this time next week, we will be just under an hour away from mm. telling you yes. who some of the most amazing people in our community yeah. um, are as we get to present the awards. Mm. It's, it's, it's like finally coming round to that well, time. Well, we're doing, it, so. we're pre-recording a normal show to go out from 7 yep. on, um, on yep. B7, so which the will the then be ready. show will be here. And that's yep. got some really nice exclusive content in oh, it as well. Oh, it has. If you're a fan of Pride, yep. you might want to listen to that. Yep. So. And then we get in the TARDIS and go to the OME well if it's, you're just giving it away you told them it was pre-recorded they're not stupid it's not. Well, anyway uh, yeah. uh, do you want to introduce I like the, the idea of a TARDIS uh, myself yeah. I do we, yeah. that's and why we could she all didn't fit. burn yeah that's what, we could all fit in couldn't we so, anyway um, I could just only just do you want to introduce this next piece because it's, it's rather rather special one isn't it um, this is India Willoughby mm. so mm. yeah big brother yeah. Um, loose women uh, started off in um, in Carlisle and then went into newspapers, went into radio, and then telly. First trans woman um, to do the news on national TV on Channel Five. Cool. Um, yeah, had have a, a lovely chat. Have a listen yeah. to this. Now we've had many people on the show that uh, put their heads above the parapet, but my next guest is not got their head above the parapet. They're actually stood on the parapet. Fully out there. And if I give you the name, then you'll know because it's uh, India Willoughby. Uh, India, welcome to Shout Out. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. It's just a pleasure to be able to, to talk about these topics on air and as many people as possible hopefully can, can listen. Absolutely, yep, and we're all friends here because this is an LGBTQIA magazine show. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, let's go back to your past and growing up. Now, you were born in 65. When did you start to feel a little bit different? 
Well, so, so I, I was born in London um, and my biological dad, he did a runner. Okay. He could probably, he could probably tell what was lying ahead. So he did a runner really early on. And um, my mum ended up married to um, a professional footballer, but not of the David Beckham standards back in the 60s. Obviously, if you were a professional footballer um, in the equivalent of, you know, the championship or the or the league, um, yeah, you, you probably earned a little bit more than most other people, but you, you, you weren't rich. It was, you know, it was a normal upbringing. But because he was a footballer, um, every two or three years he would get transferred. So I sort of pinged, pinged and ponged around the, the, the country um, and ended up in Carlisle. Um, and that's where I predominantly grew up. So from probably from about the age of um, eight up until I was in my 30s, something like that. Uh, but when did I first know? Again, this is going to chime with a lot of your listeners. Um, I can't remember a time when I didn't think about it. So my earliest memories are probably around three or four, something like that. Um, but I, I hand on heart, I can't remember a single day growing up mm. when it wasn't on my mind in some ways. And again, probably the same for for other people. There are certain days when you can ignore it more, mm. but there are other days when it's really loud, mm. <laughs> like really loud. And then eventually you get to a stage where you've got to do something about it. Indeed. And it's very weird when you hear people saying, how can a child know who they are? Yeah. But, but, the funny thing, but the funny thing is, and it's an accepted, you know, medical fact. I know we get hit over the head with this. Where's your biological proof and all that sort of rubbish. Mm. Um, but if you actually go on the NHS website, you know, it's, it's, it's agreed now in medical circles that all of us have a gender identity that we're all aware of by the age of three or four. So when people ask me that question, well, how can you possibly know at that age? I just bounce it back to them and say, well, tell me what age you knew yeah, that yeah, you were a boy yeah, yeah. or a girl. And, and why do you think that trans kids don't have the same mental capacity um, <laughs> to know? Because we do. Yeah. And I think, but I think a lot of us, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody, who, who in their right mind would want to be trans? Indeed, you wouldn't yes. want. It's not something yeah. you would choose. So I think <laughs> no. for, for, for the great majority of us, we try and fight it. Actually, we tr try and not be trans as much as possible when we're growing up because we want to fit in with wherever we, we group we're, we're supposed to be um, with. Mm. And I guess there's uh, an amount of fear as well um, growing up. Trans, and like yeah. you said, you want to fit in. And I know a lot of trans women who actually go into very male-dominated uh, careers. Yeah, Your, Yours wasn't quite that way. When did you no. decide to go into journalism? Yeah, well, I sort of accidentally stumbled into it. Um, I left school at 16 because I got offered 80 quid a week to work at Top Man. <laughs> with 25% discount on the clothes. Oh, it, it, it would have been a lot better if it was top shop, I must admit. <laughs> but eight, 85 quid back in the early 80s um, when you were 16 was a bit of a fortune. Mm. You know, I, I had friends on something called the Youth Opportunities Scheme 
think it was called that, or the Youth Opportunities Programme, one of these Maggie Thatcher things. And it was it was 25 quid a week. That was the going rate for 16-year-olds. And I was getting 80 quid. It was just monotonous. Uh, but I'd always been good at writing stories and stuff. And this paper was starting up in Northampton, somewhere else we, we'd once lived when we were travelling around the country because of um, my stepdad's football. And um, they were starting up a free newspaper one of these um, publications, it's just full of adverts, but they have a little bit of editorial copy in the newspaper, you know, to make it give the impression it's a newspaper. They weren't bothered about what went in. Um, and I got a job with them as a reporter doing stories and articles and what have you. And I was good at it. And I ended up getting taken on by a, a paper back in Carlisle, a, a legit daily newspaper. And they paid for all my training and they put me through my... NCTJ, which um, is the sort of the, the benchmark standard for professional journalists. Um, and then I got a job in radio, uh, which was fantastic. And then I got a job in TV. And that was on the back of when I was at the radio. <laughs> there was a guy on, on the radio. Um, I, I was at the newspaper, sorry, the local newspaper in Carlisle. And the guy at the radio station in Carlisle was doing this thing on the night and it was a seance with the dead, a live phone in for dead people. <laughs> and he had, which is a great idea, actually. And he had this spiritualist there, like not, not one of these charlatan type of guys, you know, because I, I guess you probably know that there's a spiritualist church. It's like an actual yes, thing. And people, people, people do it for nothing. You know, it's not a, a financial fraud or anything so he got this guy in um james Byrne. you can look him up and he was fantastic and he was an actual spiritualist and he traveled up from manchester and he was doing this evening of um calls from dead people you the premise was that you rang in the show and james Byrne would pick up on which dead people were around you and i kid you not he was incredible his readings were just absolutely fantastic so i did this article to cut a long story short in the newspaper they loved the article and they said look you should come and work for us so i went to work for the the, the radio station and i did that for seven or eight years and then i i got signed up by itv um and that's when i became a newsreader you went on to be part of loose women you went on to big brother uh start with loose women was that accidental did you just fall into that uh no that was on the back of obviously being the first um trans woman to read the news the national news at the time was a big story so um loose women invited me on to do what i'm doing here to tell my story which i did and it went down really well um and then on the back of that they said well we've had such a good response why don't you come back and be an actual loose women which was just like fantastic but can you imagine that happening now it just it, it'd be impossible and that's just what that's four years ago now yeah. that shows you how dramatically things have changed i was talking about this on Newsnight last night bbc Newsnight. um you couldn't have a trans person doing that type of job now because there would be an outcry of some sport of some sort it just wouldn't be acceptable, which is really, really sad that instead of going forward, obviously there should now be like three, four, five 
mm. trans people in the media, in different mediums, who are, you know, relatively known to the public. But it's gone in the opposite direction. We're more shut out than ever, yeah. which is why it's great that you're doing this here. Mm. Right. Now, yeah. you're, you're very out there and um, talking of all the hate that's in the world. And um, you take quite a hit on Twitter. Um, how do you stand up to that from the turfs? Well, I don't, no, I, I don't stand up to it. I'm no, no, no different from anyone else. It hurts. It's absolutely soul destroying. But I go through peaks and troughs and sometimes it will really get me down. Um, and then when I come out of it, I have a, a kind of attitude for a while. No, I'm not. You're not going to push me around. You're not going to shut me up. Um, you're making me more determined to stand up. And then I go on the peak bit when I start to rise and I fight back. But then something happens along the line, you know, that's really upsetting. They'll say something because we're all human beings, but just their level of viciousness and nastiness. I genuinely think clearly I'm biased in this, but I honestly think they are the worst group on social media in terms of the levels that they will plumb. And we've seen that in the death, the very tragic death, which unfortunately a lot of us felt something like that was going to happen, um, of Brianna Gay in Cheshire. Um, even when Brian is dead, you have people, prominent figures within the gender critical movement, prominent figures from the LGB alliance who still, they won't call her a girl. They won't call her she or her um, horrible stuff, misgendering her. And if you can't find itself within yourself, even as a human being on that level, putting the trans stuff to one side, if you can't bring yourself to respect somebody after they've been murdered, it tells the story that they have, they have not an ounce of compassion for people like us. What I find interesting is uh, up until this week's tragic events, if a trans person stepped on a crack in the pavement, the gender critical movement would be screaming about it and pointing out that that person was trans. Yet now we have somebody who's been murdered. They don't want to mention the fact that she's trans. They want it hushed up. That they, they're oh. saying it's irrelevant that they're trans, that the trans person and their family deserve privacy. Can you believe that's what the gender critical movement are saying? When, when they, they show no respect for trans people's privacy when we're alive. Mm. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I've seen that as well. And it's, it's very sad. Uh, we're being yeah. called a political movement now because we're respecting the family and mourning the death of a lovely beautiful trans girl um, mm -hmm. and it is is very very sad um in fact this week's show is dedicated to brianna and um right our thoughts are with her um yeah. family and and of course lots of close friends and um, right india let's go on to happier things what have you got planned for the future no <laughs> big brother's coming back <laughs> i would love to do big brother i just don't feel i got a good crack of it first time around again because we have all this stuff that follow us around you know i i went in it again it was a different it was 2018 
And I was in with Rachel Johnson, who was like misgendering me, and it all blew up straight away. But nobody got to see the real me. So I'd really like to do um, that again. Um, nothing firm is fixed up at the moment. The, the, the media has completely changed. In 2018, it was honestly, it was like a flower opening up. They were looking for trans people to get involved because it was the one box that TV, radio, um, all the shows, they hadn't really covered. Um, but then, obviously, this toxicity comes around it. And what happens is TV companies make a very, and I understand this, they, 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 they make the decision based on family viewing. So if a subject has become so toxic, whether you're to blame for that being toxic or not, you know, it's outside forces that have made it so. It becomes a no-go area for them. So you can't do a light-hearted show that's about cookery, you know, the Great British Bake Off, um, or, or one of these family entertainment programs and have a trans person on because, A, you've got to think about that person's well-being in terms of, as they do for shows like Love Island, that how... What's the impact going to be on them on social media? And B, you've got to consider um, the flack that you are going to take as a show. And it's we all know, everyone listening to this will know that if, if a trans person appeared on one of these shows at the moment, almost certainly they would open themselves up to immense trolling online while they were in the public eye. And the show itself would get battered with emails. Whenever I, I went on Pointless <laughs> last year, Celebrity Pointless, um, and I got accused of cheating online. It, it blew up. It was it literally exploded. Now, I don't know if anyone's watched Pointless, but it's not a show you can cheat on. They, they literally, they ask you a question and you either get the question right or you get it wrong. Yeah. But that's the state of trans hysteria yeah, in Britain is. at the moment. Yeah. Tau, and yet we've got to hear people saying, we're being silenced, we're being thing. I've just read figures today um, that the Daily Mail in one month did 16 stories a day on trans people. Yeah. Telegraph's all not far behind that. <laughs> all, all negative. Incredible. <laughs> Considering we're what? Not point two percent something like that i did have one project which i was really hoping for um a well-known production company that makes a lot of the, the big shows on tv they got in touch um about two months ago and they were trying to set up this thing where um i spent a week with jk rowling just doing normal things you know like going to the shops going for a coffee going to the theater and the premise was that could we agree to spend a week together and chat calmly and maybe find some sort of human connection, show that there was some sort of area where both parties could understand each other. So I was totally up for that. And I thought it would make great TV. It would be fantastic. Um, but she clearly has said, no, she doesn't want to do it interestingly she announced yesterday that she has sat down to talk about her life but with somebody who's gender critical <laughs> right. so it doesn't really achieve anything 
No, it doesn't. No, no. India, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate that, India. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Good luck. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Oh, lovely Bette Midler. <laughs> That's from Hocus Pocus 2. It's one way or another. So I did, did like that. It was a brilliant film. So I don't know if you did, but I, I went and watched the first one again before I watched the second one when it came out back in the Halloween. Do you know Ben Midler's broom is identical to the one I got? That doesn't surprise me. And I bet she doesn't tan either. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's a bit faster. I, I, li- I liked uh, what's her name on the Rumbers. I thought that was hilarious. They, they updated the. Um, because, um, oh, what's her name? The, the, the lady who was in Sister Act that's also in Hocus Pocus. Goldberg? No, no, no. No, she was in Sister Act. No, she was in, she was in Hocus Pocus. The, the listeners going to be screaming at me. Oh, I know the one you mean. You've got yeah, yeah. Sarah Jessica with the great Parker voice. and you've yeah. got um, Bette Miller and then there's a the third one. I'll have to Google it while we're doing the news. But yeah, in, in the first film, she flew out on a um, vacuum cleaner, didn't she? So in the second <laughs> film, they put her on two Rumbers. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, anyway, should we get some news headlines? Of course. Shout-out news on Thursday the 16th of February. Valentine's Day was overshadowed for many people in the LGBTQIA plus communities by the murder of transgender teenager Brianna Gay, who was stabbed to death in an attack in Cheshire, which many claim bears all the marks of a fanatical hate crime. The police have arrested and charged a boy and a girl aged 15 and are actively pursuing lines of inquiry over whether Brianna's gender identity was an influencing factor in the merciless attack. The death of Brianna has been reported widely over not just LGBTQIA plus media, but further afield as well. We noted reports on NPO Public Radio in the Netherlands and Denmark's Radio in Copenhagen, amongst others. Vigils have already taken place in several cities and more are planned. Speaking with Bristol 247 at the Bristol event, Trans Pride Southwest volunteer Kaz Self said, When I saw the image of Brianna on Saturday, I was devastated by what I saw, and the pain I have been in over the last few days has been abysmal. Brianna deserves to be respected in death as well as life. She was 16. She identified as female, and yet the fact of the matter is she will have male on her death certificate. This is the very reason why we have been campaigning for reform of the Gender Recognition Act. Pink News reports that accounts are coming forward of bullying that Brianna faced in recent times from transphobic people. An attendee at the Liverpool vigil was clear in her interview with the Guardian newspaper that the right-wing papers have blood on their hands. She said, Sad that we need to be here, angry that we are here, but it feels inevitable. The media's hostility towards trans people has led to this, and we are in a position where the government knows what it needs to do, but it doesn't care. I think it's only going to get worse. We're going to be back here again in weeks or months, she said. The main London vigil will take place on Saturday the 18th of February at 3pm in Soho Square, just north of the main LGBTQIA plus part of town on Old Compton Street. 
And please note that the LGBTQIA plus communities are hurting right now with this murder underlying underlining right-wing rallies, hate groups and a constant diet of racism, transphobia and anti-democratic rhetoric coming from people in Parliament who should know better. There is an old slogan from the AIDS era from the group ACT UP who said, turn grief and fear into anger and action. But if that feels too much, remember to take care of yourself and contact LGBTQIA plus and LGBTQIA plus friendly charities if you need to talk. The Samaritans are available 24 hours a day on 116123 in both the UK and the Republic of Ireland. Local and national gay lines can also provide you with support, a friendly ear and information on specific support groups. The LGBTQIA plus communities is known for its empathy and compassion, its humanity and its tolerance. That is why our clubs are so peaceable and why so many of us are drawn to work in the caring professions. Rainbow World Fund is an LGBT plus led charity based in San Francisco that responds to human crisis and need. They say on February the 6th, a series of violent earthquakes with a magnitude as high as 7.8 struck Turkey and Syria, causing widespread damage and thousands of fatalities. The earthquakes have been followed by numerous aftershocks. Over 21,000 people have died and the death toll continues to rise. Winter storms have hampered rescue efforts, leaving survivors stranded in freezing temperatures. The earthquakes caused broad fissures in the road, further complicating rescue. Be part of the LGBTQ plus community's response by donating to Rainbow World Fund's Turkey-Syria Earthquake Aid Fund. RWF is working with country partners, they say, to deliver aid. Our funds are being used to provide food, temporary shelter and emergency supplies. 100% of your donation will fund life-saving actions. Please specify disaster recovery if you donate online. Pink News reports that many progressive and LGBTQIA plus Christians have hit back at the bizarre rants in homophobic newspapers such as the right-wing Daily Telegraph after the Church of England announced plans to include more gender-neutral terminology in referring to the concept of God. Although the far right have attacked the proposals as woke, which is their latest flag word for anything they disagree with, the fact of the matter is that since ancient times the concept of God as neither male nor female but beyond gender has occupied the minds of thoughtful theologians. A priest, Father Shannon T.L. Kearns, noted in the Pink News report, Julian of Norwich was calling, calling God Mother back in the 1300s. God is addressed with a variety of language all throughout Scripture, from God addressing himself as plural in the book of Genesis, let us make humankind in our image, to the Holy Spirit being described almost exclusively with feminine language, to even Jesus of Nazareth saying, I am a mother hen wishing to gather her chicks. One Christian member of the LGBTQIA plus community, Mr Matthew Holbert, rebuked the far right, saying that those who have expressed rage over the establishment of the Church of England working group don't know their Bible very well. Sab Samuel, the award-winning drag act Ada HD, has spoken out in the Guardian newspaper about the positive impact of their drag queen story times, which have been picketed by Nazi groups such as the Extreme Patriotic Alternative Organisation, and which have also prompted counter-demonstrations by the progressive movement and LGBT plus people. Mr Samuel said that the readings were entirely age-appropriate and pointed out that they offer a lifeline to lo- young, gay, trans and LGBT plus people, many of whom 
whom have sought advice from him or from their teachers. Mr Samuel said, All I want to do is be the role model that I wish I had had when I was five years old. If I'd been told that gay was a good word and gay is fine, I wouldn't have gone through the horrendous mental health battles and somewhat self-loathing that I have to, had to go through to get to the point that I am now, where I don't just tolerate myself, I love myself. He also noted that the flamboyance of drag would help heterosexual boys who do not fit a toxic masculine stereotype, saying, femininity is not just something to be tolerated, we want to embrace it, it's fabulous. Tributes have been pouring in for Dr Charles Silverstein, who has passed on to the realm of our ancestors after an eventful and long life of 87 years. Born in Brooklyn in 1935, Dr Silverstein was a psychologist and therapist who pioneered with work with LGBTQIA plus people. His evidence to his colleagues in the American Psychiatric Association helped bring about the formal declassification of homosexuality as a prima facie mental health disorder in 1973. Thanks in part to his efforts, a major obstacle to gay civil rights fell and a major tool in the arsenal of hate groups was removed. Dr Silverstein helped found the Journal of Homosexuality, which is a peer-reviewed academic journal covering research into sexual practices and gender roles in their cultural, historical and modern social contexts. In 1977, Dr Silverstein co-wrote with the gay novelist Edmund White the legendary book The Joy of Gay Sex, which was celebrated by a whole generation of gay and bi men and translated into several languages. The book has been through several editions over the years. Silverstein reflected several times that as well as sex, the book contained much about the solidarity and community of gay men and the life passages of the gay male to help honour the stages of life with dignity and pride. His name may not be as familiar as some within the LGBT plus community, but he will be remembered with fondness and with an appreciation of his work for better mental health for all. And finally, the London gay scene magazine QX reports that Portobello Brewery, an independent craft brewery based in West London, are to launch a second LGBT plus community themed drink, which will raise funds for the housing charity Stonewall Housing. Since 2021, the Polari Pale Ale has been donating 10p per pint sold to the charity, and now it will be joined by Rainbow Pilsner, a refreshing lager. For these news stories and more, we update our website every day. Check us out online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, I've been Terry Starr. Shoutout News, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Well, Shout Out delves into lots of subject matter, as you well know, and mental health is one of those that we have done in the past. Joining us now is Charlotte Harding. And um, Charlotte, you're doing something very special at the moment. Give us some background of what you're up to. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I'm a trainee clinical psychologist over at Manchester. I've just started my second year. I've just started a research, research product looking into lesbian and gay adults and their experience of going through dialectical behavioural therapy. Um, so we've just started up and running. We've just started recruitment. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be a really, really exciting and interesting, also a really well-needed study. 
That already sounds fascinating. Could we uh, get a little bit of the background on why that's something that you you sort of started to to look into? Um, why it sounds like it's a sort of a, a passion or core interest of yours. So, what brought you up to this point? What what's gone on over the last couple of years? Yeah. So, oh gosh, there's so many different reasons as to why we started this re- uh, this research. So, one of the main reasons is that there's so so much research behind kind of like the LGBT plus community having mental health issues that are kind of heightened compared to the general population. So that was kind of one reason we wanted to look into this, but also looking into lesbian and gay adults, their kind of suicide and mental health rates and self harm rates are also a lot higher. And dialectical behavioural therapy looks into kind of helping people with their self-harm urges and like the thoughts of wanting to end their lives and trying to help kind of alleviate those and help with those and manage those also around kind of reducing anxiety and low mood. But there's kind of no research really looking into how lesbian and gay adults experience DBT. So we wanted to bring the two together and just find out what that experience is like and to see if it is a therapy that would be helpful. And as well, um, something we looked at as well is how within therapy, especially psychotherapy and physical health care as well, there's a lot of research that suggests that the LGBTQ plus community aren't treated as equals and kind of not understood in different healthcare settings, whether that's therapy, counselling, like clinical psychology, healthcare, just in hospitals, kind of in every different clinical setting, I guess, not feeling as equals. I wanted to see if that applied to DBT as well and see if it is a gay affirmative therapy. And if not, what can we do to change it and what recommendations we can make? What are your thoughts around it not being equal? for the LGBT community? What, what do you think may be the sort of, what's going on behind that? Yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot going on behind that. Um, so I think in terms of maybe looking at the therapy side of things, a lot of, I guess a lot of therapists who are maybe older have grown up in times when times are really, really different and kind of hold, held onto that stigma and those changes and they've not been able to adjust their therapy to the here and now, which I think is a big part of it. And generally just people's, I guess their their own stigmas and that being really really difficult and not changing that and but also people just not understanding and also not being up to date with like current literature and things like that I think is a big thing. Yeah I think that over the last sort of five to ten years there's been a push uh, for mental health uh, practitioners and general practitioners uh, or anybody who works in the medical field um, to move into spaces where they are having to educate themselves on a broader broader spectrum and that of course includes the LGBT community um, and I think there's just such a high level of um, vulnerability within the community and those fears around entering spaces where they're going to feel more vulnerable um, I think can cause a lot of barriers to people accessing the support and the therapeutic support that they probably very much need and also the experiences that people have had in the past of course shape um, how people perceive future how they perceive future experiences are going to look and I, I imagine that that could also be a barrier to people accessing something that sounds like uh, it could be a really um, useful uh, space for them to to look into their experiences and uh, potential trauma triggers um, and you were talking sort of quite specifically um, earlier about sort of self-harm and um, coping strategies around that and all those types of things that you know come up for the LGBT community ostracization loneliness isolation rejection um, and when you know going into those spaces I think it's so important that they know they're entering into a space where they're not going to be subject to feeling worse almost 
or uh, you know having any of those things come up for them yeah definitely and I think as well and um, like you said coming into that safe space it could be kind of things as well like if a therapist I guess just assumes straight away maybe they could use like oh do you have a boyfriend at home do you have a girlfriend at home it can be things like that as well that people aren't up to date with and it can make it feel like a really unsafe space or if um going through therapy and maybe therapy examples are really like heterosexual and there's not that kind of difference I think things like that can be really difficult in therapy as well I think so too. And I, I have little limited uh, uh, understanding of the way in which research uh, takes place. So I was wondering what that kind of looks like. How has that sort of come about? What is it looking like now? How did you make the actual decision to focus on lesbian um, and gay people? Because of course, there's you know such a spectrum of gender and sexuality. So yeah, could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, of course, of course. And we had so many talks about all this at the start as well, who to include, who not to include. It's so, so difficult. I think the decision to just include lesbian and gay adults was just because of their experience are more similar. Mm. Say, for example, including someone who is bisexual, their experiences of like coming out are very different to lesbian and gay adults. And that's why we chose to focus on that group to start off with. But if the research expands, we might look into different kind of sexual minorities and see, I guess, the difference in that. Um, but with the study, we are focused more on sexuality rather than gender. So, for example, say if a trans person wanted to be involved in the research who identified as lesbian or gay, mm. that'd be OK because we're not focusing on gender. It is more on sexuality. Um, but it is a shame that we can't include everyone. But hopefully the research will carry on and we'll look into different groups as well. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think what's important here is that it starts somewhere. Um, and with all research, of course, it has to be, I, I can't ever remember the word, but it has to be almost sort of, there has to be a box. Um, you know, the, and there's certain things that go in that. That's where it starts and it grows from there. Almost like planting a seed and seeing what comes out of that, looking at that and then sort of moving with it. Um, because otherwise it, it could be, you know, an endless sort of, uh, piece of research, I suppose. And it sounds like it's going to be quite broad anyway and how are you going to look into reaching out to people to to sort of bring them into this and have you done so already have you started speaking with people so in the really early days of our research um we're hoping to recruit just 10 people so it's not a lot of people mm. um but 10 people from all over the uk um just as long as they have a uk-based gp but they might have done their dbt therapy over in america or canada or somewhere else in europe that's absolutely fine um, but yeah, just looking to do those interviews. Um, we're looking mainly through social media. Um, we've got a Twitter. Um, and also I've been sharing it on loads of different like Facebook groups. And um, we're also hopefully going on podcasts and like radio stations like yourselves. Um, but just trying to get it out there really, because I feel like it's such an important part of research. And um, like we said, something that's not really been researched before, but it feels so important. And it's just crazy that it's not been, I think. <laughs> Yes, and also I think it will allow us for some really sort of interesting conversations, um, you know, and, and re <clears throat> excuse me, when you engage with people to be research participants, sometimes just that conversation for them can be the start of, of something um, for them that's going to feel quite, quite positive. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think one of our like hopes on the research is for the people to be able to share their stories, kind of how they found it and like what adjustments they'd like to make to the therapy so that we can recommend that to DBT therapist to make it like a better therapy and a better space for people. It sounds like such an interesting piece of work that you're doing. Um, and I really hope that there will be, well, I'm sure there will be people listening tonight, um, who would like to be a part of it. 
Um, so is, is there any age limit for this? Is it 18 up? Is, there, is it 18 to a certain age? So it's 18 to 45, um, just to start off with. Mm. Um, there's different types of DBT. There's adolescent DBT and adult DBT. Um, but taking anyone that's done DBT within the past two years, so someone could have completed it at 16 doing the adolescent version. As long as they're 18 now, that would be okay for them to still join in um, and take part in the study. But yes, it's up to 45 for now. Um, that might get extended. I guess it's the same. So we're trying to keep it within the same age bracket just because the experiences would have been quite different for people above 45 and um, coming out at a different time. So we just thought we'd stick to that age range for now, but that might get extended. And is it anybody from anywhere in the UK? Is it just the UK or is it further afield? So it's just the UK for now. Um, so they could be based in America, but living in the UK. And as long as they have a UK GP, then they can take part. Right. I see. I see. So how do people get in touch with you? So we've got a Twitter. Um, so our Twitter handles at LG underscore DBT study. Or we've got an email as well, which should be good. So our email is LG dash DBT at manchester.ac.uk. Fantastic. Uh, we are coming to the end of, of the interview and it's been, it really has been so interesting to hear, to hear what, what, what it is that you're doing, why you're doing it, sort of what's brought you to this moment and the way in which you're hoping it will move forward. And of course, with any research, it's uh, one of the most fascinating things is you can never predict the outcome. Um, people are so unique. Every individual will bring something different. And I think for them and for you, it's going to be something quite special. So thank you so much for coming onto the show and talking with us about it. I do think therapy should be talked about a lot more. And, uh, you know, for, for LGBT people, LGBTQI plus people to know that there can be a space for them. Um, and it can be a very positive one. Yeah, I agree. And thank you so much for having me on with both of you. <laughs> Very welcome. Thank you. Um, that's Charlotte Harding, uh, training clinical psychologist from the University of Manchester. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. Voting for the Shoutout Listeners Awards for 2023 is now closed. To find out who your winners are, join us live from the Old Market Assembly in Bristol on Thursday the 23rd from 8pm. We're live on air, but you can also join us live at the venue. To grab a free ticket, go to shoutoutradio.lgbt forward slash awards. One week. One so, week all, all you got to go. Yeah, it's going to come flying around. So I'm, I'm starting to get to that point where I'm really excited. So, so I've, I've said it before, there's, there's nothing nicer than seeing that look on someone's face when you give them an award for being amazing. You know, And we say the awards are for the best of the best. They're, they're for our, our listeners to vote for the best of the best. So, and, those that, and those that don't burn. <laughs> yes, indeed. So... We'll have to just make sure the light's not too bright for you, won't we? 
Yes. <laughs> well, I'll wear sunglasses. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> a, a, a very good track by Corey, uh, Corey Hart. I wear my sunglasses at night. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I, I thought all high-end acts wore sunglasses on stage because the bright lights hurt their sensitive eyes. I've, n- I've never got that. It's like when, when you walk around a supermarket and it's the middle of winter and you see people wearing sunglasses. It's like, why? Don't hang over. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's <laughs> what it is. They, they, they might be wearing prescription sunglasses may not have their uh, ordinary glasses with them. True, true. Oh, they're idiots. I mean, it's the other possibility, to be fair, isn't it? That is. So, but yeah, no, uh, this time uh, next week, we'll be like five minutes away from the awards show. There are still tickets available. Um, there are people pinging, pinging asking. Um, they, they are free um, if you are feeling very... Um, Excuse me, if you're feeling very generous, um, you can donate as well, which we would absolutely love you for, because um, you know, it's great to be able to do this. And, and also a huge thank you to our sponsors, Hugo, who, um, uh, without which we wouldn't be able to do this. Indeed. They're going to be there as well. Um, Abby, who is the um, Global Marketing Director, is going to be there, and she's mm. going to come and give away an award or two uh, mm. with us, which would be great. So. Is that how you got the bull of a watch? Is that how I got the watch? The bull of a watch. <laughs> <laughs> Do they the still make Boulevard watches? I, I, I've never heard of a Boulevard watch, I won't lie. It's do they? I think. Do they not? The electric I, tuning fork watch? Yes, you're going back a long way, and only people. <laughs> steady, steady. Only people who listen, listen to the radio in the 70s would know what you're doing. And only about. one specific station. No, quite a few. Boulevard sponsored a lot oh, of radio. Uh, I think you had 77s as well. 78. 78. That's yeah. <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't actually. It was 45. It was 7 inch 45s. And it was Radio North Sea International. Well, radio Veronica. So for those who don't know, talking about records on the hour every hour and the time by talking of, talking of radio actually um, fair play to most of the LGBTQIA plus radio stations Gadio Glitterbeam Pride Hits and so on they put aside their differences and tomorrow as we're sitting here tonight that is Friday the 17th they are holding a minute silence for Brianna Gay at 11am on all those stations oh, and then they're going to broadcast a special presentation about trans rights mm. so yeah. you know the communities really come together gay media mm. LGBTQ plus media brilliant Sorry, that's, that's uh, my little thing as a yeah. media watcher. Yeah, it's important for those people listening on the three stations that do broadcast us live. I think tomorrow the first station that picks us up is Medway in so, Kent. Hello, Medway. Um, hello, Medway, Rochester. Yep. Certain, certain parts of uh, yeah. their them are in the awards as well, I believe. Yeah, I know. And then at midday um, on Fridays, it's Trans Radio UK, and they're in the awards. They're in the awards. In <laughs> fact, <laughs> in fact they're they're they've got is multiple in the awards, awards yeah. haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, then we're on. Um, um, we're on GFM. GFM. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm trying six. to think when we're, when we're on Gloss. Is it Gloss that Ollie's on? He's in the awards. That's, that's Bath Radio. Bath Radio. Bath Radio. Yeah. Bath Radio. Yeah. That's that's sorry, on, sorry, Ollie. That's on Saturdays at seven with glo- uh, the Global Voice. Yeah. Yes, so. the Global Voice, another station we're on yeah. as well, isn't it? Which yeah. is very interesting. Yeah, six, Speech-based s- station. Six on Fridays is yeah. GFM, and seven is KT in Cainsham, um, and then at nine is Thornbury <laughs> FM, <laughs> and then at ten Gradually we're taking over the world, Radio <laughs> Turquoise. And um, you listen to everyone on every station. Just uh, and yeah. if you can't remember that list, they are all on our website. <laughs> Shoutoutradio.lgbt, <laughs> yes. so I wish you wish where you could find them. <laughs> but, but well done for remembering. Yes, well done, Very Steph. good, so. 
anyway, that's it for this show. Um, it's going to get rather exciting next week. Yes, not only will we have a whole show for you, but the whole award show straight after. Uh, join us next week for a Bristol Pride exclusive, then join us straight afterwards for the award ceremony uh, live on BCFM and hopefully a few others at eight. For free tickets to the event, go to shadowradio.lgbt backslash tickets. No, that's a forward slash, but never mind. You never it could is put slash, the right so. slash in. Anyway, <laughs> say goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Shout out. LGBT radio for you.